Welcome to the Total Health Evolution Podcast, where we discuss exercise, nutrition, and lifestyle tips to help you live a healthier, happier life. And now, your host, Derek White. Hello there. Welcome to episode number 21 of the Total Health Evolution Podcast. Now, we've been covering tips over productivity and goal setting a lot lately, and I received an email from someone asking about my reasons for including these type of lessons. Now, at first, I thought it was a nasty gram because I have received some of those just because not everyone understands my sarcasm, my delivery and things of that nature. But this particular person felt it was a breath of fresh air to get all of their lifestyle questions answered in one location. So I thought that was pretty cool. But I have to say this. I may put in the time when it comes to putting these things together, but I cannot fully take credit for the variety that you experience whenever you listen to these episodes you see what i produce comes from the input of people who receive my newsletter and they listen to the podcast they share it with their friends they converse amongst each other about whatever it is that was being discussed in the podcast and it also comes from current and past clients i have people that i worked with several years ago who listen to the podcast and they give me a lot of valuable input now the only part that i play in this aside from putting everything together is I bring a lot of the things that I've learned through my years of being a fitness professional and just learning some of the common issues people deal with and how it ties into everything to include fitness. But the vast majority of the content that you hear comes from outside resources. Now, I say all of that, especially the part where the input comes from other people, because I want you to understand that you are not alone with what you're experiencing. Other people have issues with goal setting, discipline, procrastination and a lot of these people, a lot of people in general, just deal with confidence issues, just like you may be. And doing things like tuning into podcasts or listening to audiobooks, reading books, a lot of these different self-help, self-development books, and just actively making changes. Those are the things that's going to help you with overcoming many of these issues. But it really comes down to investing in yourself and your happiness. All right. Now, I do feel honored that I'm in a position to help you with those changes just by pushing my southern drawl into the microphone and you have no idea how hard it is to hold this southern drawl back <laughs> but i feel privileged i feel i feel good that i'm in a position to help somebody and i'm hoping that a lot of the lessons that i push through with this microphone are helping you but i don't want to dwell on that too much today i have a guest for you she's known as the dabbling chef and she is an amazing person she teaches about plant-based nutrition i know what you're thinking you're probably thinking the same thing that I was thinking, like plant-based nutrition, like, come on, man, I'm not trying to listen to tofu talk and all this other craziness, but that's not what she's about. All right. Her approach is so different. It's refreshing, but we'll get right into the interview after this week's tip. I want to talk to you about something that's been bothering me for a while. I mean, years. Okay. It's this whole ideal height and weight ratio thing. Now, I'm pretty sure you've heard of the BMI or the body mass index. And if you haven't, Certainly, you've heard of people trying to reach this ideal weight for their height. I'm no doctor. My first name will never be doctor, but I like to think I'm a pretty logical guy who invests a ton of time into researching this thing I love called health and fitness. Now, that being said, I've never agreed with the BMI, and I've always felt like it didn't quite factor in everything. And I say that because I've seen people who are in incredible shape. They had these great physiques. I mean, their abs had abs. But according to this BMI chart, they were overweight. And I don't mean like jacked overweight i mean unhealthy overweight right and i've had several conversations with people who were stressed and just down themselves because they were too heavy for their height according to this chart 
Now, luckily, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention released a letter to medical practitioners with guidance on how to use this BMI chart. It's not supposed to be used as a diagnostic tool. Instead, it's supposed to be used as a guide with all things being considered. And the guidance that's given should be based on the individual because there are so many things to consider. Sex, age, ethnicity. But without diving too deep into all of the different things that should be factored in, since this is supposed to be just a quick tip, <laughs> that chart should really just be used as a reference point. Now, of course, if you're overweight, you know it. And chances are you don't need a chart to tell you that it's time for you to change your lifestyle. OK, you understand the risk associated with living an unhealthy lifestyle. But the purpose of this tip is to make sure you know that the BMI chart or the taping method used by my beloved military. <laughs> Those things aren't accurate methods of tracking body fat. All right. They're not accurate methods of really assessing your body composition. It's a decent gauge. It's cheap. It's inexpensive. It's quick. But I really encourage you to lean towards other methods that will give you a better idea of where you are in terms of body fat. Use a fat caliper. Use hydrostatic. Use some other method other than the BMI chart, the scale and that tape measure that I had to deal with for several years and I was definitely considered overweight while I was in the Marine Corps but that's a whole nother story the fact of the matter is those things do not give you an accurate reading of where you are all right now of course if you know that you're overweight that's something that you have to address yourself and you have to do that by taking the right steps to live a better lifestyle and take better care of yourself through nutrition proper exercise and just being really disciplined all right there's way too much to consider just to rely on a chart that's the whole purpose of this tip i hate that chart i can't stand it it's always throwing me for a loop especially whenever i go to these different bodybuilding shows or just meeting people in the fitness industry and they would tell me that they're overweight according to this chart just completely blew my mind all right uh, i don't want to ramble too much on that let's get to today's interview have you hit a fitness plateau let us help Total Health Evolution provides online fitness plans customized to fit your needs regardless of where you are. It's time to feel confident in your appearance and take the guesswork out of the fitness journey. Visit TotalHealthEvolution.com slash GetFit to get started on your customized plan today. What's going on, everybody? It's about time we got back into talking about nutrition. We've been going over some of more of my lifestyle fitness type of tips and i really feel like it's time that we start digging back into what goes into the body and what other way to do that than to bring on the actual chef so i have the dabbling chef andrea branchini with me today and she has some really beneficial information to share with you welcome to the show andrea can you please tell our listeners who you are what you do and i'm really curious about the story behind the name dabbling chef so please share sure thank you so much derek for having me today it um, means so much for me to be here. Um, as you said, my name is Andrea Branchini, and I am the host of the Dabbling Chef Show. So it is a live cooking show on Periscope and Facebook Live. I am a certified plant-based chef and recipe developer. I'm a mom of two, and I'm a former associate creative director in advertising. And the name Dabbling Chef was really based on a simple idea. The concept for the show started out with I would unveil a, a secret ingredient every Monday, and then I would spend the whole week dabbling in that ingredient, so sharing recipes and tips and advice and fun facts, and usually that ingredient would be a fruit or a vegetable to encourage people to eat more fruits and vegetables. Right, so how long did you, uh, how long were you in advertising, and how did you go from being in advertising to becoming a plant-based chef? 
and it's two different worlds. Um, you just don't really see someone going from one to the other unless there's something that's like a serious passion behind the other. So how'd that work out? Yes, they do seem somewhat disjointed, don't they? Yeah. Um, well, I've, I've always loved to cook. I used to come home from school every day in grade school and watch Great Chefs, Great Cities, which was a show on TV. And I, I remember um, when I was, I think, seven or eight years old, I I followed that show and I microwaved a marshmallow for my parents and I drizzled it with chocolate syrup. <laughs> yeah. And I plated it up all pretty, and I hid it in the basement because I wanted them to be surprised after dinner, and I presented it to them, and that was my dessert for the night. And I always loved to cook, but I, I'm a first-generation American. My parents immigrated from Eastern Europe, from Romania, and culinary school was just not really an option for me. I mean, it, I was supposed to be a doctor or a lawyer or a business professional. It just wasn't something that seemed like a feasible career choice. And I'm not blaming them in any way. It has nothing to do with that. It's just never something that I thought was a real career I could pursue. So I just decided to pursue my other passion, which was writing. And I always used to write short stories as a kid. And I was actually the crazy person who thought commercials were cool. (laughs) (laughs) So this was before DVRs and fast forwarding, and I was the only person who would stay in the room and watch the commercials. And I wanted to know how they were made. I wanted to meet the people who wrote the clever lines and the clever taglines and jingles and all the songs and stuff. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, so that's why I went to business school and I studied marketing and eventually became a copywriter in advertising. About but um, interesting field. Yeah, it is a really interesting field, and and ultimately, I now realize that while they seem somewhat disjointed, there is a connectivity between the two. I've always been obsessed with food, and I've always loved to cook. So I feel like now it's a matter of applying my creativity to food. And that's why I wanted to make it official and become officially a plant-based chef and, and learn how to do that, how to apply that creativity to recipes. Why plant-based? Why not everything? Why specifically plant-based? Yes, that's a really good question. I, I'm, I'm really passionate about health and healthy eating in general. And that's why I decided to get certified as a plant-based chef specifically. I didn't want to just learn basic culinary techniques, I really wanted to learn how to cook for health. So I specifically wanted to do a certification program that would teach me how to cook for someone who had a gluten intolerance or someone with prediabetes or someone with an autoimmune disorder um, and focus on foods that support health and really nourish our bodies um, rather than just simply learning general culinary techniques. Um, and I wanted to learn how to apply that creativity to prepare them in a way that people will really like. So to me, vegetables are really exciting. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but they are. To me, there's so many possibilities and flavor combinations. It's so much to learn. It's endless. And that's what I wanted to learn so that I could potentially get people to be as excited about their veggies as I am. <laughs> I've never heard anybody get so excited about vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know, uh, I am pretty excited about them, but I can't help it. When you say uh, certified, what what all do they teach you, or what all goes into the certification? Do you, you have to go through certain nutrition classes, or you tested over certain things uh, by dietitians or doctors? Uh, what all goes into the certification? Sure. So it was a program online at ruby.com, R-O-U-X-B-E, and it was a six-month certification program. And they did start at the basics, so they started with knife skills, which they feel is such an essential skill to cooking at home. If you believe that cooking your own meals at home is kind of the foundation to a healthier lifestyle, then having those knife skills will just make it faster and easier to get those meals on the table. So it does start with the culinary foundational techniques. You learn how to cook grains. You learn how to cook um, fruits and vegetables, of course, um, all focused on plant-based. So you are tested by having to prepare the recipes and also show what's called mise en place, which is all your ingredients chopped up and in place and ready to go, which is a great trick for any home cook. If you follow a recipe to put your ingredients, to chop everything up in the bowls like they do on the cooking shows, it actually does make it so much easier to put the meal together when you're ready to cook it. Um, So you went through that whole process, and then there were different portions um, of the course where you learned all about gluten and gluten intolerance. You learned about autoimmune disease, so there were nutrition aspects to that, and they put you in contact with different experts, and we were quizzed all throughout, tons of amazing content. So it really, I chose this course because I wanted, like I said, to learn how to cook for health, not just how to cook in general and those basic techniques. That's pretty cool. That was really cool. (laughs) I think I'm actually going to go visit their website. I don't know if I'll become a plant-based chef, but uh, I think it would be cool to look at and maybe even put it on my bucket list for the very near future. Definitely. They have great recipes, too. It's still one of my go-to places. You know it's going to be a solid recipe. Uh, We talk about this on the phone, but I want to ask you for the listeners out there, is a plant-based lifestyle something that you'd encourage everyone to adopt? Because there are people out there who are either diehard vegetarians or the diehard meat eaters, and a lot of times they kind of get into this beef, pun intended, but uh, (laughs) for the meat lovers out there, is there any reason why they should venture out and try the plant-based approach to dieting? I think that's a great question, and I just want to start off by saying that I'm not a fan of labels when it comes to the type of diet you follow, so I think it's really important to note that it's it's more about the lifestyle, and I think you'd agree with that as well for, from right. previous topics that you've covered. So for me, I was much more comfortable simply saying, you know what, I'm not going to eat meat anymore, or I decided to eat less meat. So it's more about the transition and taking those baby steps and learning to listen to your body. Um, but the fact is, that 9 out of 10 Americans don't eat enough fruits and vegetables, and that's a statistic according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So I think I think we all kind of know in the back of our minds that we're not eating enough fruits and vegetables and that if we did eat more of them, we could add a lot of nutrients to our diet. It would help us manage our weight a little bit better. 
And so many studies have shown that it can reduce the risk of chronic illnesses like obesity, heart disease, diabetes, even some cancers. Um, but one of the really interesting things I wanted to point out was that those statistics actually specifically say that it's not just eating more fruits and vegetables that can do all those wonderful things, but it's when they are consumed in place of more energy-dense foods. So it's really not just about adding a side salad to your dinner. It's how can we incorporate more fruits and vegetables into our lifestyle. Um, and I personally feel like there's no question that they're good for us, uh, and that it'll make us feel good, and that it makes you realize how your body's supposed to feel. Um, and we could all be doing a little bit more of it, but that doesn't mean necessarily going all in. I think it's really important to learn how to mix it into your diet um, and really listen to your body. So for me, it's not really about the label of whether you become fully vegan or fully vegetarian. Um, it's about just eating real food real food, food that nourishes our body, and if you can start eating a little less meat and adding more veggies to your diet, I think it can still be good. It can still be really good food. Um, that's where I can come in, making it exciting and fun. Um, it's not just boring beige vegetarian food. is isn't just iceberg lettuce and baby carrots or something like that. <laughs> I, I really think we can all mix in one homemade plant-based meal into our diet each week, and and we can up our intake. Sorry, in doing so, we can up our intake of fruits and vegetables in general. Uh, oh, answer. <laughs> yeah, it did. It really did. And just to kind of piggyback on that, uh, for all my meat eaters out there. You don't you don't have to feel bad about um, trying plant based recipes. You don't have to feel like uh, it has to be boring or it's going against everything that you stand for as a meat eater. Right? But Andrew, I think it's really important that you brought up taking it step by step and not having to completely give up meat. Because one of the biggest things I like to push on people is uh, taking those baby steps, and I like to compare it to uh, just the progress of a child whenever they're growing up. Everybody remembers those baby steps, all right? Those baby steps are important. So if you're trying to include plant-based recipes into the mix, then just try them out little by little. Now, personally, I this is years ago. I tried to go full-blown uh, vegan uh, after being a meat eater for my entire life, and it wasn't something that really... Uh, <laughs> It wasn't something that I, I was uh I knew enough about to try the way I did. So it was uh something I'll remember forever. But <laughs> I want you to give some of the listeners out there uh a little bit more guidance than what I had uh when I tried it. So what type of things would you suggest a newbie try? Sure. Um I think I'm not gonna say cauliflower rice. <laughs> Because that would lose you right away. <laughs> Although I do have a good cauliflower lemon risotto on my blog if you want to check it out. <laughs> but I think, um, I think grain bowls are a great place to start in terms of recipes because 
they're a great example of a dish that has tons of layers of flavor in it where you're not going to miss the meat. It's hearty, it's delicious, it's quick to put together, and it's relatively inexpensive too. And you're also getting the complete protein with, with the grains and the beans become a complete protein. Um, I actually did a green bowl week on my show recently, and I demoed a fajita bowl where I sauteed some black beans in sliced red peppers and onions, and then I made a really simple mango salsa with jalapenos. So good. So so many amazing flavors. Yeah. And on top of that, I did a cilantro cashew cream sauce so it's a cream sauce without any cream whatsoever and that you drizzle that over top and it just kind of balances out all the spices in the dish it's so good and so hearty so those to me are a great place to start and one of my favorite things about grain bowls too is that if you batch cook your grains, you could make a big batch of brown rice or quinoa on a Sunday, and it'll keep in the fridge for up to five days. So your grains are already cooked. So during the weekday, if you're busy, come home from work, and you want to throw a quick meal together, your grains are already cooked. All you really have to do is saute the beans with the veggies and make your salsa, and you throw it all together, and you have a, a beautiful, hearty dish for dinner. Uh, that just made me drool a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it sounds delicious. Uh, it really does. <laughs> but I want to talk to you about uh, the transition from being a meat eater to becoming a vegan. Uh, like I told you previously, uh, I tried it before. It was uh, it wasn't a great experience. But I know there are people out there who consider it. They think about it. They play around with the idea. Um, I know I've made a blog post about veganism and versus vegetarianism, just so people can understand the difference. Uh, but I know a lot of times people play with the idea of maybe I should go vegan, maybe I should go vegetarian. But what can they expect? When you first made the transition, how did you feel? Like, did you start losing energy? Did you become hungry a lot more? <laughs> like, what was it? Or, what were some of the things that you went through that others went through as well? What were some of the things that you went through that others didn't? Like, What can they expect if they're thinking about it? Sure. I think that's a great question. And to be quite honest, I struggled a lot with this myself, and I did go back and forth a lot. And I think it's really important for people to know that that's okay. As we said, everyone goes at their own pace. And, and I don't personally believe in food shaming. Uh, for the record... I am currently vegetarian, <laughs> although, like I said, I'm not a fan of labels, but I've always been in the camp of wanting to eat less processed foods, little to no processed foods, more fruits and veggies, less meat, and less dairy. Um, and if you do choose to eat meat and dairy, to try to get the best quality that you can find. Um, so I was similar to you, um, to your experience. I was vegan for about two, two and a half years right before my wedding, and I did lose weight, and I felt great, actually. My skin cleared up. Uh, it improved my digestion, which was a really surprising side effect that I wasn't expecting, so I didn't feel as bloated, and I know that's a benefit that a lot of people experience as well, but looking back now, similar to what you said, I really didn't feel like I was fully informed enough to balance the foods that I was eating. So I wouldn't say that I was hungry 
um, or that I missed meat necessarily, but I think there's a lot of better quality information out there now, and it's really important to do your homework. Um, and to be quite honest, the hardest thing for me was just having to explain my decision to other people. <laughs> and <laughs> I know that other people struggle with that too. It's, there's so many social settings that revolve around meat, and I, I would say to someone, if they're deciding to go all in, to be prepared to answer those types of questions from people and not feel pressured to explain themselves necessarily, um, to stay, to stick to their guns if that's what they feel is right for their body, and to take baby steps like we already talked about. I think a great place to start is to transition first to a whole foods diet, to cut out those processed foods. I had a friend who became vegan, and she was constantly saying how great she felt and how awesome it was, but she's telling me all this while she's eating a bag of cheesy puffs. <laughs> or she felt great eating cheesy puffs. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? But to me, that defeats the point, and that's why I don't like labels. It's, it's more important that you're eating real foods from the earth, and I think if you transition first to cutting out those processed foods and cutting out those refined sugars, you'll have an easier transition to adding more fruits and vegetables to your diet. And another thing that worked for me for a really long time was a tactic, a tactic by Mark Bittman, um, it's called Vegan Before Six. So he came up with this idea, and it really made sense for me because I was working full-time, and I basically decided that the two meals that I could control that I ate by myself were breakfast and lunch. So those were the meals that I chose to always have as my two vegan meals a day. And I think that may be helpful for some people who are thinking about the transition, that maybe if they just choose one meal a day, that they could make their vegan meal for the day and really up the amount of fruits and vegetables that they're getting in that particular meal. It's a good way to start and see how that makes your body feel. Um, and also... Listen to your body. Keep a journal of what you ate and how it made you feel, and do your homework. Know which plant-based sources of protein you should be eating, because as you said, a lot of times if you're not informed, it's not the, the processed foods that happen to be vegan that are good for you. We still want to be getting those whole foods, those nutrient-rich foods into our diet. And Mix it up. Get a variety of fruits and vegetables in every color of the rainbow. And also, I do think it's really important if you're going to make a decision like this to talk to your doctor, to talk to a nutritionist potentially, and make sure that you're making an informed decision as much as possible. Because you may need to add some supplements to your diet as well if you're really going all in on this lifestyle. Uh, you teach people how to cook different plant-based meals. And I'm only assuming you have quite a few people who come to you who are just new to the lifestyle. Um, I want to kind of go back to people making the decision to transition and uh, just your your approach to teaching, which I really like. I think it's probably the most logical approach to transition into a more plant-based approach to nutrition. But what are some of the reasons that people want to transition into a more plant-based approach to nutrition? I think 
in general, many of the people that I've worked with, they simply want to eat healthier, and they know that this is one of the essentially fastest routes to eating healthier is adding more fruits and vegetables to your diet and, and cutting out the dairy and the meat. Um, they know that they're not getting enough of the fruits and vegetables, and a lot of the people I work with just want creative ideas to help them get more of the good stuff. Um, I know people who I've worked with who work out every day and they just want to eat better and eat foods that are lower in calories and high in nutrients but still give them energy. So they just want to learn more about the vegetables that they're eating and which ones are right for them, which ones are the best ones to be eating, things like that. Um, I, I know people who just want to cut out processed foods and they're looking for delicious recipes to celebrate those healthy ingredients. Um, I've also worked with moms who are just struggling to get their kids to eat more fruits and vegetables. So it's not necessarily someone who's wanting to make the transition 100% to a plant-based diet, but someone who's just really interested in cutting down on their meat intake and cutting down on their dairy intake and really enjoying their fruits and vegetables more. Or sometimes it's someone who was told by their doctor that they need to eat less meat and they don't know where to start. For example, they have high cholesterol. And a lot of times your doctor will just say, well, you need to eat more fruits and vegetables. And what does that mean? What do I even do? How do I do that? Right. <laughs> um, so I think that's where I can help by providing creative uh, ideas and recipes to make that transition a little bit easier, whether you're taking those baby steps or whether you're going all in, um, but it's still the one step at a time and getting really good recipes to go along with it. I really like the vegan before six idea. I think that's really cool just to have a, I think that's a really cool thing to keep in mind. Uh, not only if you're trying to transition, but just period, just to include more healthier, um, healthier meals into the mix. And add a little bit of uh, variety. But I really like that approach. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, as you said, that's a book? Yes, it is. I think it's VB6, the book yeah. um, by Mark Bittman. He was a New York Times columnist for years in the food section. So he's an amazing food writer. And I, I love that idea. It really resonated with me as well because it allowed me to to follow the lifestyle that I've been wanting to follow for a long time, but yet still balance some of the other things in my life. And, and like I said, it was the two meals that I felt I could control and I ate by myself and I didn't have to answer to anyone. <laughs> and, and it does improve your overall health. It still makes a difference. Every little bit does make a difference. I don't doubt it whatsoever. I, I know for a fact that there have been times when I'm kind of, out and about, and I would swing by Whole Foods, and I'll see some of the meals they have on uh, the buffet line or whatever it is. But I'll see a lot of the more of the plant-based type of setup. So you'll see like a, a quinoa green bean casserole or something along those lines. And just because of the way I was thinking, obviously before I spoke with you. Um, as a meat eater, I can't eat that. Like, I'm not a vegan. <laughs> like, 
not gonna eat that craziness. But uh, there have been times when I would try some of those things, and a lot of times it would be uh, little setups like uh, your vendors, your sponsors that will come around and they have these different vegan meals or these different plant-based meals and they want you to sample it. And a lot of times they were really good. I mean, to be fair, sometimes they weren't that great, but <laughs> I have to get their names for you so you can reach out to them and teach them a little something. <laughs> yeah. um, but I know it's, uh, I think it's interesting, especially as being a fitness professional, that people understand that there are options out there. Uh, that you don't have to only go one way. And one of the things that a lot of, uh, a lot of fitness professionals kind of joke on now, we talk about people who are doing the bro diet. Um, not sure if you've seen that or not, but the bro diet is you can only eat tilapia because it makes your thin, your skin thinner and it's a lot of craziness that goes on. But a lot of times we joke on that, but I don't think, uh, a lot of us really factor in how much we're, even though we're a little bit more open in that aspect, how closed off we are in others. So I think it's really cool to make sure that we factor in that you can still have these different uh, plant-based diet recipes, uh, plant-based recipes to include in your meal. Uh, this is a really awesome interview, Andrea. Can you share with the listeners where they can learn more about you, your website, so they can get your recipes, especially some of the ones you mentioned earlier. Those sound delicious. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Um, you can find my recipes are on my blog at dabblingchef.com. And I do live videos on Periscope as well as Facebook Live. So if you go to facebook.com backslash dabblingchef, that's my Facebook fan page. And you can see the live videos there as well. This is a really fun interview. I really appreciate it. And uh and I know my previous guests are listening to their big supporters, but there's nothing against you guys, but the first couple of interviews I was still getting my feet wet, but this has definitely been one of the best ones so far. So I greatly appreciate you, Andrea. It's a wonderful interview and I know my listeners gonna take something away from it. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it too. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to Spend a little quality time with this old country boy on the other side of the microphone. I really appreciate it. I also want you to reach out to Andrea, the dabbling chef on every social media site. Pick her brain, use her recipes, and definitely take advantage of her willingness to share valuable information about plant-based eating. You never know. You may find yourself transitioning over to the other side. All right? I'm a meat eater. I enjoy meat, but I will definitely take advantage of some of her recipes. She has some really good tutorials out there, too. You should definitely take a look at them. Share them with your friends and put them to use. Give them a try. And if you like them, give her some feedback. Go to some of her videos, comment on her videos. Just let her know that, hey, Andrea, I tried out this recipe. It was delicious. The kids loved it. The husband loved it. The wife loved it. My grandmother loved it. Whoever. Just give her some feedback. Encourage her to keep doing what she's doing. She puts in a lot of work to sit in the kitchen and make these different videos. And she puts in a lot of time. A lot of time. So, Definitely reach out to her and take advantage of all the knowledge she has to share. Also, I have a free fitness ebook I want you to take advantage of for tuning in today. It's just my way of saying thank you. It has a five-day training split, nutrition tips, and myth busters. It even has four exercises you can complete in less than 10 minutes. And the biggest thing that I'm pretty proud of because I've put together fitness ebooks before is this time I decided to include an accountability tracker. All right. Now, if you want this free fitness ebook, I just want you to go to your phone and text free 
plan. That's F-R-E-E-P-L-A-N to the number 44222. And just follow the prompts. It's really simple. You'll have it real quick and easy. Once again, that's free plan to 44222. And I'll get that right over to you. Now, if you enjoyed this episode of the Total Health Evolution Podcast, please do me a huge favor and share it with your friends. And subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Until next time, take care.